again, everyone, and welcome inside another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. If you're keeping score at home like us, I'm Jerry Coleman. He's Adam Jones. But more importantly, this is episode number 44. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Also, we should talk about our special featured guest, arguably the Orioles ace just ahead. He is Kyle Brash. We'll talk to him about the Orioles and his remarkable year, but he's more focused on the club knowing his background as the Orioles march towards the postseason. Also, the Banyers' Danielle Allentuck will join us. She's covering the Orioles in her first year with the banner. We'll talk about the devastating injury with Felix Batista. Where did the Orioles go from there? And uh, what about the payroll as well? Also, the Orioles making an announcement. You know about it, not me, AJ. The Orioles are going to honor you and have you retire as an Oriole appropriately. Coming up on Lashana Tova. We call it the Jewish New Year. Rosh Hashanah. I'm not a heavy celebrator of that, but it's September 15th and uh, celebrate accordingly. Uh, we'll find out how that all came together because, again, it's been a secret to me. And we'll wrap it up with another edition of Socially Speaking. Someone will qualify for our last Miss Shirley's gift card. You can reach us via social media at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget to rate the podcast. But of course, we begin with our featured guest, sponsored by Jimmy's Famous Seafood. He is the Orioles' Kyle Bradish, joining us here on the Adam Jones Podcast. Kyle, first of all, thanks for taking the time to be here. And second of all, the season you're having has been very impressive. Was there a, uh, I don't know, come-to-Jesus moment, a turnaround moment for you this year where it seemed to all click and come together as uh, you have excelled of late? And hopefully we're not jinxing you. Usually guests on this podcast fare very well. I will say that. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I don't know if there was a come to Jesus, but uh, I think just more gaining confidence every time out there. Um, whole team's playing great, so it's uh, a lot of fun when you're taking the mound behind in front of that team. I know you are a very quiet, selfless person. You love your teammates. You're a hell of a teammate uh, from guys I've spoken to. But this is the Adam Jones Podcast, so we're going to talk about you, Kyle Barish. Right. We're going to give you your flowers, okay? <laughs> But to talk about the effect of having, obviously, Adley, a young catcher uh, in the big leagues, and then having McCann, who we had on last week, and having that dynamic to where you throw to both, but you also – two guys who are fantastic receivers, fantastic throwers, but have different – obviously different roles and different levels of uh, experience. Yeah, I mean, I've thrown to Adley a lot uh, coming up through the system, um, and then McCann coming in this year has just been great. I think he was a great uh, – been a great mentor for Adley this year uh, as far as game planning and just uh, kind of like being able to take charge out there. Um, and McCann's this whole starting staff um, with McCann and Gibby, they've been um, big leaders for us. So, I mean, I can't say enough nice things about them. That's what I want to ask about Gibby. Uh, I mean, I faced him. He's been around. He's just got his 10 years. I know you guys gave him some cake and all that kind of stuff, which I think, uh, how Hyde celebrates the, the guys getting 10 is fantastic. But what has Gibby meant? His consistency, his track record, he makes 32 starts a year over the last decade. What is his consistency, his work ethic? What has that brought to you and to not just to you, but to the other pitching staff, to the other uh, pitchers? Yeah, I mean, day in, day out, Gibby comes in. He's probably one of the louder guys in the clubhouse. Um, but, you know, he's a leader. He's been doing it for 10 years. Um, the big thing for me, like that he's brought to me has been like going about teams and scouting them. Um, I think 
the way that he prepares for the guys um, has really taught me a lot, um, like night before, day of, going out there and doing all that. Is he the, uh, the loudest guy in the clubhouse, and are you the quietest? Is that the way it works these days? No, he's, de he's definitely not the loudest. We've got some louder guys. But, um, well, name some names. Give us a few examples. Ooh. Um, Santander, he's pretty loud. Uh, he's always dancing, uh, singing, doing that good stuff. Um, I don't know if there's a louder guy than him. <laughs> he's feeling he's feeling very comfortable speaking English too. I saw him grab the microphone the other day and go on television without an interpreter. Yeah, no, it's it's came a long way. I know uh, his earlier uh, interviews this year, he's had Q out there, but he's just talking away in English. So yeah, it's kind of been the joke of the clubhouse right there, just keeping Q employed right there. <laughs> I'll tell you what's uh, helping out with the ball club is your slider. It has become such a dangerous pitch for you. Where did you learn that? And the curve isn't too shabby either. Where did it all come from? So the slider I kind of learned going into college. Um, I was always kind of a fastball, curveball kind of guy. Um, and slider came. And then it just kind of evolved to what it's been. Uh, started throwing it harder to get more sweep on it. Um, and the curveball, it's the same grip I've always had. Uh, just some few tweaks here and there. Um, getting that more 12-6 consistency this year, which I think's helped kind of um, not blend the two of them. Are you confident to throw that in any count? Yeah, I'm, I tell a lot of guys, you know, sometimes I'm more confident in throwing my breaking balls for a strike than my fastball. Um, and I don't think that's a terrible thing to have. Um, there's no such thing as a fastball count these days. So if you can throw in a 2-0 slider or a 3-1 curveball, it just gives you that um, that big of an edge against that hitter. I want to ask, uh, I was in Japan for the 2020 COVID year. Um, you were in the lower levels of the minors. I think you didn't pitch in 2020. Um, yeah. No, I was at the alt site. So most people don't know. Obviously, Korea played on time. Japan, we started late but played the whole season. America, the minor leagues were wiped out. The major leagues played 60 games. What were you doing during that time? Because a lot of people, they forget about it, but at the same time, that shaped a lot of guys because a lot of prospects, a year older, college guys, had to, they got a year more of eligibility. So for you, what was your workouts at the site? You were at the Angels, uh, or did you get traded over to Baltimore yet? No, yeah, I got traded uh, over in 2019, uh, okay. December, so right okay. before that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I went out there early for uh, kind of like minor league um, instructs. Um, and then once once that kind of hit, we all hung out there for a couple of days, see what was going to happen, and then we ended up going home. So I was home for probably, I want to say, two, two and a half months just working out. Arizona is really hot. Um, working out my parents' garage because that was kind of the only thing that was open then. Um, but yeah, I have one of my best friends. He was my catcher in high school, uh, played a little bit of pro ball in the minor leagues. I was able to throw with him, throw a bullpen, stay ready until they called and said uh, they wanted me to come out to the outside. Kai, what's life like for days where you're pitching, obviously you wouldn't be doing an interview with us. I don't, are you approachable on the days that you pitch? Yeah. Uh, what, I'm pretty, pretty chill when I get to the clubhouse. Um, I'll wake up, eat breakfast, have a coffee, watch some TV and then head over. And once I get there, um, 
just really hang out in the clubhouse, talk with some guys, do some scouting. And then after my like advanced meeting with the catchers and our pitching coaches, I kind of put my headphones in. That's kind of when it's time to get locked in. Um, and once those go in, I don't really talk. <laughs> and no one taps you on the shoulder either, right? No, not really. Um, I feel like the clubhouse, all the clubhouse uh, has a good feel about when the starters have headphones in and doing their stuff. They don't really talk to you. I want to know, do you watch a lot of film? Obviously, it's thrown around. The, uh, you know, it's everywhere. It's in the dugouts. I, did, when, I didn't have iPads in the dugout. I mean, I, was just, I think that's the last couple of years. Um, they made rules about going back up into the clubhouse, obviously because the Astros and other teams. Um, So, like, your preparation. I mean, obviously the starters are able to go back there. In between starts, how much preparation? Do you take your iPads home and do you, you know, on the couch relaxing? Obviously we're wired to where you just can't go home and go to sleep. Um, Do you take your time, your personal time, to to do some scouting on your own and not just rely on anybody else's opinion? Yeah, so I try to do most of it at the clubhouse, kind of in between my throwing and then in between the game when I'm not doing anything, just so when I can come home, I can hang out with my wife and watch TV and not take up that time. But I would say two days before is when I really start getting into it, um, looking at their hitters, how they swing, what's kind of like their uh, go-to pitch that they like to like hit, and then their spots, uh, their go zones, um, and then where my pitches play best to them. Uh, so that's like two days before and then usually night before um, I watch some of my like past games mainly just going back watching my strikeouts kind of build up that confidence um, going into that next day that's very smart only watch the success don't ever watch the failure don't be like oh I gave up four and two. I don't, don't watch that no yeah. no there's always one thing never watch that I gotta ask about the elephant in the room and that's obviously King Felix or Mountain Felix, or Jimbo Felix, the big fella coming out, you know what I mean? The big yeah. fella coming out. Uh, terrible injury, devastating. Obviously, a, a young man who's having a fantastic year, confidence is through the roof. The back end of the bullpen is as nasty as I've ever seen any team ever. And that, you're talking about Mariano-type status for this, for its short uh, spurt. Um, obviously, Cano is going to fill in, and he has he has the stuff to do it. But how was the, the the clubhouse? Obviously, a big thing happens, a big injury. It's, hey, next man up. That, that duh. But there's also some like, damn, we lost our big dude. Hey, we're going to have to step up. So how how is the pitching side? How is the, the guys, especially in the bullpen, just their temperaments? Yeah, I mean, everybody in that bullpen, uh, great attitudes. They're a bunch of gamers. They all have really good stuff. Um but, yeah, there's no replacing Felix. I mean, he's the best closer in the game right now. Um, so, yeah, that was tough to see that uh, go down the other night. But, you know, uh, Cano got in there that next game uh, and was able to shut it down. With all the arms that we have out there, uh, it's going to be more uh, kind of like committee instead of, you know, King Felix, he comes in. Or not King Felix. We'll go uh, the mountain. Um, he, come, <laughs> he comes in and, you know, it's a lockdown. Um, so uh, I think it's going to take a little time to get that one figured out. Um, but I know Hyde's going to put our guys in the best, uh, best possible spot for them to have success. We've got more ahead with the Orioles. Kyle Bradish here on the Adam Jones podcast. But first, go out and support our loyal, dedicated sponsors. 
The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Man, sure smells like Royal Farms fried chicken. Best fast food fried chicken in America. You ever try it? Hey, you hungry? Royal Farms, world-famous chicken. If you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Time now to get back to our continuing chat with Orioles pitcher Kyle Bradish right here on the Adam Jones Podcast. All right, real quickly, does anyone refer to him as King Felix in the locker room or just the mountain? Because we know about another King Felix out in Seattle. Yeah, no, uh, that's the first time when we were out in Seattle, uh, some Seattle fans were kind of chirping him. That was the first time I had heard him called King Felix because it's always been Felix Fernandez. So, um, yeah, no, it's usually the Mountain or Bautista. Um, some guys call him Gigante. He's got a lot of nicknames thrown around out there. Kyle, your ERA, I don't have to tell you, is among the league leaders right now. Uh, who pays more attention to that, you or your agent? Yeah, uh, I don't look too much at ERA. Um, there's other stats that I think can determine a pitcher's performance. Such um, as? Uh, I look at whip. Um, I mean, team wins and losses. If you're going out there and your team's winning, uh, that's a big one for me. 
and then they're like personal one strikeouts. Everyone likes strikeouts. Um, and then I think FIP, FIP's kind of a newer one. I'm not exactly sure what that one stands for, but I know if it, you have a good one, you're having a good year. So I don't yeah. either. I was hoping you would fill us in on what yeah, that I, means. Yeah. <laughs> Too many miles. Yeah. I know that one goes into calculating war for a pitcher. So that's pretty good. Your war is pretty good, which means you're having a pretty good year. Supposedly. <laughs> it's also it's all subjective. It's a yeah. numbers, numbers, the number game. Um what made you fall in love with baseball? I seen a tweet earlier and it made me answer it. My answer was simply this. I was good at it. I didn't I didn't come up with you know, this normal story of I played with my dad in the front yard and you know I came up at five and just all these pictures, you see me, all this, and I'm just I did I that wasn't my story. I was just good at it. I played all the sports. What made you fall in love with baseball? Yeah, so um, I think I, I grew up. My dad loved baseball. My grand my grandpa loved baseball, so I grew up watching it. Um, and then the town I grew up in, Oregon, uh, everybody played all the sports. So it was all my friends. We played baseball, basketball, and football together. So it was, just kept rolling that next season. Um, so I think that aspect of having all my friends play baseball with me uh, kind of made me fall in love with it. And then when I got older, it was like um, – pretty good at it and then got through high school got to college I was like all right well this is this could be something for me and kind of just took off from there well you grew up in Oregon as you said uh but I thought I heard you trying your Baltimore accent when you were mic'd up the other day how is your Baltimore accent can you give us a sample of that as you acclimate uh to be honest with you I don't even I've never tried a Baltimore accent um not exactly sure what it goes for uh if you guys could give me a little um little rundown on it i'll well, give it like, a try like, instead of maryland a lot of people pronounce it merlin like the magician or home you know field advantage or o's in the o i know you were remarking about how many times you hear that especially on the road so mm -hmm. you have to hear it with your ears when you're going around <laughs> baltimore saying i'm not in oregon anymore well, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Oregon and then moved to Arizona, so uh, haven't heard too much of that Oregon stuff anymore. But um, I know the big one here is calling it Baltimore instead of it's not Baltimore or anything. So Balmer is probably the best one you can get out of me. <laughs> and that wasn't no, that wasn't even what it happened. No, that wasn't a big. Don't worry, hey, you get there five six years. Don't worry, it'll come. It they force it upon you. Trust me. Okay, yeah, trust me. Um, what's your food spots in Baltimore? Obviously, I'm a big foodie. I don't know if you're a big foodie. I know uh, Kramer is. Um, have you? Do you go out to eat with him sometimes when you guys are on the road? And, you know, you guys are young. I don't know if you guys got kids. So you guys can definitely stay out late and do whatever you want when it comes to food. Yeah, uh, no kids. Yeah, we're both uh, big foodies. Uh, he actually moved to Arizona in the offseason. So we get dinner a lot out there. A good food scene there. Fantastic. But the, the ones around here, I'd say – Tagliata, um, it's probably a go-to. Um, Squid Ink. Squid Ink, yep, good one. Uh, what's the – Azumi, that's probably my favorite one. There you go. Um, got to try crazy. Jimmy's Famous if you haven't been there. I have not been there. I've heard great things from a lot of the guys around the clubhouse. have not been there yet, though. Definitely. And they take care of you, too. They show you a lot of love. That's the best thing about them, mate. Eh? Yeah. You walk in there, there's like, man, here, go here. Food's on us. Have a good start. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it's at its best, no doubt about it. 
what about the home field advantage? It seems like the Orioles have with the crowds are starting to grow right now. You're probably probably noticing that. Uh, do you guys feel like, you know, and the new dimensions obviously are great to be a pitcher pitching there. Uh, do you feel like you have a distinct advantage when teams come in? Absolutely. Um, with that wall, it's probably the biggest one. Um, I mean, I can just let a fastball eat outside of the plate to a, to a lefty and just, Hey, try and hit it out. Um, there's been two this year. Uh, didn't think it was going to be done, but uh, that aspect. And then with the fans this year, um, the crowds have been electric. Even when we're on the road, uh, you always have a big O during the national anthem. Um, and kind of kind of look around and it's like, oh, there's a lot of O's fans out here. Um, so, yeah, uh, home field advantage here with that wall, fans everywhere. Um, it's been a very fun uh, journey this year. And I must say, Adam, a Kyle Bradish bobblehead night can't be far away in the distance, but I'm sure you brought home at least five or six of Felix's, right? Yeah. If you like that, he'll get them. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully I, I get a T-shirt soon. I know that's probably the first one to come before a bobblehead. Oh, don't do that. Um, want to know your dog, Maui. Yeah. Where are you at? He's uh he's laying over there, uh, is- in his little spot. Yeah, he's good. He's two year old uh, English cream golden retriever. Um, definitely a homebody. Uh, loves to sleep. Take him on a couple walks, but yeah. As a dog owner myself, um, I got a Doberman. She's okay. she's a badass. Um, how soothing is it? Because again, not every start you're gonna like, not every performance you're gonna love. But how soothing is it? Because you don't have kids yet is that dog, no matter what you do, no matter the performance you do, you come home at two in the morning, dog don't care. How soothing is that? Because I've always, you know, uh, when me and my wife started dating, she had a dog over and it was some frustrating years and that dog helped me. Okay. That dog helped me not jump off into the Harbor. So uh, how's the dog's therapeutic aspect? Cause that's the way obviously people have these dogs that get on the planes with them. Um, How is the dog Maui helped you out and the family? Yeah, um, I think that's kind of a also another big difference this year uh, would be having my wife and dog out here. They didn't travel with me last year. So, you know, after some of those tough starts, uh, that tough first half I had coming up, um, you can come home and you're just sitting in your apartment alone just thinking about thinking about it, uh, what you could have done better. But having them here this year, uh, it's been great to take my mind off of some of those bad starts. And then when I walk in the door, he's just jumping all over me, trying to give me kisses. Um, he loves to cuddle. So whenever I sit down on the couch, he's right on top of me as soon as I get home. So definitely it's it's hard not to be happy when you get back home. How would you come up with the name? Because obviously Maui going through a lot of devastation right now. Yeah. So uh, what was it? Uh, 20, 2019. Uh, me and, my, me and my wife went to Maui, uh, kind of like a vacation, and then that's where we ended up getting engaged. Um, so, you know, after that, uh, we just thought that would be a good dog name. We uh, had just moved into an apartment. We were wanting to get a dog, and then during COVID, uh, we got him, so it was kind of perfect timing. I got to ask you, uh, when it comes time to have kids, uh, would you encourage them to play baseball? You certainly don't want them to be an NFL running back. You want them to earn a nice living playing pro sports. Would baseball be the direction you push them in? 
yeah, I mean, uh, no doubt. Um, I'd love to have uh, my kids play baseball. Um, but I think I'm going to take the approach that I kind of had. Just play every sport you can. Um, no need to get tied down to one. Uh, you're still still young. And then once you get to that age where it's trying to start focusing on one, then we'll go from there. But uh, if they wanted to play baseball, absolutely. Hey, there's a big uh, on the sh- on our show a big controversial issue, um, and I'm gonna let Jerry take it over. I'm for it. He's the, he's not the brightest guy in the world. All he's right. Yeah, we, we usually fun. end our interviews with current baseball players with this question. Usually the answer is similar because I think they feel intimidated for some reason. But I feel like Kyle, the wave has run its course. It has been around for a quarter century, well before you started playing baseball. I think it works when the ballpark is packed like it was recently during the homestand. But do you even notice it or pay attention to it anymore? And does the team even get motivated by it in any fashion? Uh, About the fans' attendance? No, the wave itself. Oh, the wave. Yeah, the Uh, wave. I mean, you definitely notice it. You hear a bunch of fans standing up and screaming trying to see what's going on. And then you notice it's the wave. And I mean, yeah, it's there. They do it at every ballpark, um, but you definitely notice it. Yeah. Have you uh, ever participated I, in it? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, not I obviously have, you can't do it on the man. Yeah. But like from the dugout, like. From the dugout. No, I have not. Uh, just being a fan at baseball games growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I will say the next time they do have you mic'd up and you start taking your hand to the rubber part of the uh, the dugout railing there, use your non-pitching hand. It would be a lot better. <laughs> I just got, you know, I was I was seeing you bang that thing, and I was like, that's his right hand. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Um, those <laughs> pads are pretty soft, uh, so good. Nothing to worry about there, but you know, better safe than sorry. Absolutely. Hey, we can't thank you enough for coming on and taking the time. Continued success to you right in through October. Thanks for being here this week. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Hopefully it was as fun for him as it was for us. And he's been one of the big pleasant surprises for this team, Adam, and a big bonus. I don't think anyone really thought that he was going to have the kind of year that he has had thus far. So that's why I included as a bonus, you know, when you put out your your mock rotation at the beginning of the year. I don't know how many people had Bradish penciled in, but you could argue he's their best pitcher right now. Right. And the most important stat that he did pay attention to is the whip. That is that that's a telltelling stat. I'm tired of all this ERA plus and all this stuff. And all, the whip is something you can control. All these other stats, you can't control those. You can't control the ERAs and you can't control, but the walks and the hits per inning pitched, you can control a lot of that part. And his walks are extremely low. Therefore, his, his strikeouts are low. He's worked fast. He throws strikes. Hey, uh, baseball guys, baseball nerds, that's the key. When you want to talk about you throw this at the – no, no, no. Pound the damn strike zone with quality pitches, and you will have success. Spencer Strider said this. He said, hey, I'm not trying to make you chase. I'm trying to beat you in the zone. I don't want to work on bad pitches. I want to work on striking. I want to work on the zone. Bradish right now? is pounding that zone. And again, he said he has more confidence in his slider and breaking ball on days. And when a pitcher has more confidence on days with that, and they have that kind of breaking ball with a running two seamer at 94 to 96, that's why his numbers are the way they are. Hell, that's- Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. What more can you say? 
continue the Orioles talk. It's our For the Birds segment. And with that, we bring in the Banners' new Orioles beat reporter. She is Danielle Allen Tuck joining us here, making her debut on the Adam Jones podcast. And for that, we are very grateful as well. After just having Kyle Bradish on, it only gets better. Danielle, you cover the Orioles here in your first year. You came in sort of mid-season on the beat. What struck you first and, and what is really melted in with you in terms of following these guys around? Obviously, they've been they've been in a very good position since you started covering them. So it's been a joyous clubhouse to cover. But what is your interpretation and impressions of what you've witnessed firsthand? Yeah, I mean, the main thing is just how much fun they are. I mean, every night there is something else happening. Somebody's coming from behind to win. They're, you know, squirting water out of their mouths or doing sprinklers or doing everything. And it's just a very different culture than what I came from um, in Colorado. So that's been really cool to see. Uh, but stuff rise. I mean, I've just been so impressed with the comeback wins, the pitching, them relying on each other. I mean, they really are a team, as cliche as that is. But they are just so much fun to watch. Oh, I, you hit it right on the head. Watching them is oof, it's it's crazy. Um, the elephant in the room. Uh, I asked Mr. Bradish this also. <sighs> Big fella, mountain. He went down. Uh, obviously, devastating injury. Unfortunate, terrible timing. All everything you want to say about it, it could have happened in spring training. It's a bad injury. Um, Cano's going to fill in. They're best friends. Um, You've been around them, obviously, the last few months. How have you seen their relationship grow? And then going forward the next few weeks, how do you think Cano is going to handle this as he's been put into the closer role? Yeah, I mean, I think Cano is going to rely on Batista a lot. I mean, they're best friends. They're neighbors. They come to the stadium together every day. I think they hang out a lot together, you know, in their free time. You know, they don't have a lot of family here, so they've kind of – become each other's family. And I think that in a way it's going to motivate Cano more, you know, he's going to want to try to live up to this mountain that Batista is. So I think he's going to really try to step up into that. I think, you know, he's done the stuff. He has been around Batista forever. He's seen what he's done. And I think he's going to be able to handle it. But then the question is who can handle his spot in the eighth inning if he's taking on the ninth. Got to tell you, we were uh, debating this the other day over at, my spot at Lenny's Deli over a nice corned beef sandwich, AJ and Danielle. Who is the MVO, the most valuable Oriole at this stage? It's a tough call. I would have said Batista if he wasn't hurt because I think he has the most important job on the team. I think if he's out for the last months in the playoffs, he can't be it. So maybe Gunner. I've been very impressed with him. Maybe Kyle Bradish, depending on how he finishes the year. But it's kind of up in the air right now. And to that, how do you think the rookie of the year is going to pan out? Because obviously Josh Jung took over early in the season. Uh, Yoshida in Boston, that's my guy right there. Played with him in Japan. Um, you, you you got Rooker, who started off extremely hot. Uh, you got, and then you got Gunner, who was my pick at the early year, who didn't get off to a hot start. Now he's been, you know, over the last 60 games, one of the best players in baseball, if you take away Mookie and Acuna and Freeman. They, so damn good. So who do you think the rookie of the year right now, front runner is uh, Cassis. He's put on the last 60 games. So like, who, who's your opinion? Who do you think is uh, rookie of the year? My pick is also Gunner because I mean, people don't like this answer, but it doesn't really matter how you start. You know, nobody's going to remember his April if he's putting a forehead tonight in August. I mean, that's what people are going to remember. So I think it's Gunner. I think Josh Jung, if he hadn't gotten hurt, kind of similar to Batista may have been the front runner, but you miss a month or two of the season, you can't win a of the year award. So I think Gunner deserves it. 
like that. There is there is this concern about the innings and the pitch counts and these guys not going this deep into the season in their careers before. How much really is that a concern? When you talk to the players, it doesn't seem like that's a concern. Maybe Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias tell you different, Danielle. I mean, I don't think a player is ever going to admit it's a concern. I mean, Adam may be able to speak to that more, but I don't think anybody's going to you know, speak to the media and be like, I'm exhausted, so I can't pitch tonight. They're not going to come out and tell that to us. Even, you know, Jack Flaherty didn't want to say that, even though it was probably true. But I don't think it's – I think it's a concern, but I think it's a concern for a lot of people at this time of the year, not necessarily just the Orioles. So it's just new to them because they have so many players who are experiencing it for the first time, and they don't know how long this year is going to go. So they don't know how much they have to ration. You know, they could be playing till November at this point. So, like, the NBA, the NBA has a six-man of the year award. MLB does not necessarily have that. They got the comeback player or something like that. But each team, I mean, you get a six on each team. But six, I wanted to, like, the biggest surprise, and I wish there was, like, a, that kind of an award for, for a guy. Who would you think is, like, the biggest surprise in terms, not the bigger names, but the biggest surprise in terms of helping this team win when, hell, they didn't know if they was going to even have a job? I mean, I think there's a lot of people on the team. And I think that's what makes this team so special is that they're kind of, you know, they have the young guys and then they have a bunch of guys who are claimed off ravers. I mean, I think you could go Cano possibly for that, but Ryan O'Hearn is definitely a good candidate for that. I mean, he just McCann. sort of, I mean, and. I'm going to say McCann. He, he was. McCann, I mean, yes. Right, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I mean, Frazier. Mm-hmm. I think Frazier's kind of fallen off a little bit. I mean, he's been very important off the bench, but, you know, you pinch it and have Ryan O'Hearn go in and hits a home run. You know, he's the guy you can call out, and he'll just come in and produce off the bench, and he was, you know, let go by Kansas City not too long ago. So he's had, I think, to me, the craziest turnaround this year. What's the uh, general thinking about, and we know the owner made some comments to the New York Times about trying to keep this core together. Can they? I mean, is that a talk inside the clubhouse or is that too premature, more of a media conversation? They do have guys locked up for several years. Do you anticipate they could be proactive with some of these guys like the Braves have been? I think they should be. I don't anticipate it happening yet. I mean, they have a lot of control left on all their young guys. They don't necessarily need to. They would definitely get probably lower prices maybe if they did it now or some more security. But they – I, I don't think that there's any conversations happening there yet. Um, I just recently read your article uh, about D.L. Hall. Um, and obviously, you know, being a first-round pick, a lot of expectations, you know, the expectation is yeah, part of the game. Um, but he, he, he did something I've never seen anybody do in sports. It's like he took himself out and was like, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take my, myself out this game and go get myself right. And no one ever does that. I've never, literally, I've never seen anybody do it. We just fight through it, and if we ain't got it. We just, we don't make excuses. Just ain't got it. But he, he admitted it. Like I needed this break. I needed to go find myself again. And how has he been mentally? Because that's a tough thing to do to say. I'm gonna take my, t- I'm gonna take some time away because the, we all know Wally Pip, Wally Pip, <laughs> yeah. never want to do that. Never so, came back. Never came back from that. So just how, but how has his mental been? And now he's back in the big leagues and, and he's going to be thrown in important roles. Um, just how, how do you, how have you seen his, his confidence and mental uh, grow? Yeah. I mean, that was brave and really gutsy because the Orioles could have been like, no, keep pitching. Or he could have gone to Sarasota and it could have not worked out for him. He could have, you know, not gotten stronger and not been able to get his velocity back up. And it could have just wasted two months of his season right there. 
Um, but he, you know, he spoke very openly to me about it. You know, it was really tough, you know, being down there in Sarasota. He describes it by himself, you know. All of his friends were up in the big leagues, you know, doing really well. The team was doing really well. And he kind of just felt like this helpless feeling because he knew in his heart it was the right thing to do. But it, it didn't make it any easier when he is alone in Sarasota in the middle of summer, kind of going through his own spring training because he didn't get an effect of spring training. So, you know, he talked a lot about how he couldn't watch games every night. So he would go to the beach and he would just sit there and he would think about what he was missing and how hard that was for him. But you know, as his confidence started getting up and his velocity started getting higher again, he was pitching better, that came back. And now he's in a really good place, but he kind of described it as if he hadn't gone through that, he wouldn't be back in the big leagues today ready to help. We appreciate you coming on. It won't be the last time for sure. Keep up the great work and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. We continue the baseball chatter here on the Adam Jones podcast. Don't worry, we'll get into the Ravens coming up. I mean, the season hasn't even started, but time to venture beyond Baltimore. And that means Adam Jones returned to Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Part due already was there in August. You're coming back in just a few weeks. Orioles put out mm-hmm. a social media post. A little confusing for me at first because I couldn't read the post-it note. Because you don't read through anything. That's why. You didn't read through it. You just I had to zoom in. It was small print, and I didn't know the date. You skimmed in. Tell us how it all came together for September the 15th, which is an important day for me and for you. It's a Jewish holiday for me. For you, it means a whole lot more. Yeah, I mean, mean, it means a lot to a lot of people. I mean, Rosh Hashanah is a massive, massive Jewish holiday. Um, But, no, to... uh, to retire fully, um, I, it's a formality. Obviously, it's paperwork, um, but I can't go down as a Buffalo. Um, it was, I mean, I had a great time in Japan and all that. But did they go, ask? They didn't, they didn't ask. Buffalo. Did they? It was mutual. I think I, re, I, I believe I reached out to them. And it was like, look, it, I, you know, we speak, um, we were, we talked, we were, we had a good conversation at spring training. Um, going forward, we've exchanged pleasantries back and forth throughout the year. Um, I think it'll just be right. To just you know, I can file my paperwork as an Oriole. Um, it still doesn't. I don't think have anything to do with entering the Orioles Hall of Fame. That's three years from your last game. Uh, but I just think to just to put an end and a stamp on my career. I mean, Baltimore obviously was the place where I did everything besides my firsts and my lasts. But anything in between that, I did it in Baltimore. When it comes to uh, raising me, uh, you know, um, wife, kids accolades, you know, learning how, you know, learning money, learning finance in a, in a grander scale. Like it just taught me so many great things. And uh, just to put a stamp on it and uh, the Angelos have been great with everything. Jennifer Grandal has been fantastic with the planning of everything. And it's just been, uh, it's been cool. And hopefully as many people come out there to celebrate, I know a lot of people coming when I posted on my own Facebook, a lot of people from California and San Diego uh, and my friends that have moved all across the country are going to try and make it. So um, let's just let's celebrate it. It was a hell of a time, but uh, I think most important too is a, is a good date for me because it's two years after my mom passed, and you know she would be there and she'd tell me to do the exact same thing: is have fun, have a shot of tequila for, her, and uh, have just just have a good time and celebrate it. You know, enjoy the the fruits of your labor and let them celebrate you. And that's what she always said: is you know if you do something great, hey, let people celebrate you if they want to. And uh, the Orioles would like to, and I would like to be celebrated by them and the fans in Baltimore and Birdland has been great to me and my family. So, Well, that is awesome. Can't wait for it. Yeah. And tell us what you know about the plans for the ceremony. What can you, in, what can you disclose? 
So um, I know it's a T-shirt giveaway night. Um, I also know, well, they asked me if I wanted to like be in uniform, like go take batting practice. I'm like, hell no, that would hurt so bad. Oh, but you never know. I might, I might second guess that. I might, I might go out and take BP, see if I can tackle that left field wall one time. See if I can I hit would one. Like to see that. I know that might be a, a, that might be interesting to see if I can tackle that left field wall. See if I still got it. Um, my kids, obviously, being them. Uh, being around is is the coolest thing. They remember it, but they don't. My youngest Axel doesn't remember it. He was two. Uh, August does a little bit, but you know when we went back, they uh, they were just like, "Dang, Dad, you the people really like you. You're famous around here." Like they didn't because they didn't <laughs> understand it. They went straight to the suite with mom. Nobody stopped them and bothered them with mom. But when they come with dad, you know it's a little bit different. And you know it's cool for them to see that and to see that. Hey, if you work your tail off. And, you know, you play the game the right way. Good things can happen and you can have people uh, be excited when you walk past them. Yeah, I think that's very important that they see it at the age they're at because it's very impressionable going forward in Mm -hmm. their lives. So that's a great thing. I'm going to need at least five of those T-shirts. So please stash some of those away from me. one. Friends and family. Uh, Got a very big family. Uh, Regarding the Orioles Hall of Fame, I didn't know that. So it's three years from your last professional baseball game. Yes, that's the earliest that they can induct you. From my from my knowledge, that's when JJ went in. Um, there's other guys. Obviously, there's a long list of guys that could go in that Hall of Fame. Um, it's just a matter of if it works out mutually. Because a lot again, uh, these guys, I realize you know, we played through the summertime, so we only had the winter time to go on vacations. Now that you're done playing, you go on vacation summer whenever you feel like it. Uh, again, when you want to. So it's like a lot of these guys, they like to go out and they spend their summers at their ranch houses and all in the, out in the country shooting and hunting and, and just being out there and outdoors with their family. So you got to respect that. But, uh, you know, things like this, it's one hell of an honor because yeah, not many people, even the National Hall of Fame, there's what, 256 or 254 people out of 23,000 players. Like it's, it's very small to be in any Hall of Fame. Uh, your high school Hall of Fame is small. Your state Hall of Fame is small. And organizational Hall of Fame is very small So and, and prestigious. So uh, whenever they reach out to players, I hope that they take that honor because it's a, it's a hell of a prestige. Even though it doesn't matter what the, the politics and business is between. Because, again, not everybody's exits uh, are glamorous. Um, but to be recognized in such a fashion that, look it doesn't matter what happened behind the scenes between them lines. I balled out and I did, I did what I had to do and you should be celebrated for that. Absolutely. September 15th is circled on my calendar and the Rays will be in town for that. So that will just add here as well. Yeah. Can't Maybe make- I can just splash again. That would be great. I'll bring my jersey. I'm sure. They'd like to invite you back as long as they score some more runs as opposed to the last visit, right? You ran against Derek Cole, man. You ran against, you know, one, arguably one of the best pitchers in the game. Guess what? He does that to everybody yeah, watch, except the Rays. Watch and Glasgow Boston. pitch the night you're Mr. Splash. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be when Glasgow's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time to uh, wrap up this bad boy, as we always do with another edition of Socially Speaking. This is where we answer a tweet or a Facebook or even an Instagram post or even a review on Apple Podcasts, which is very easy to do. You can find us at Adam Jones Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and yes, YouTube. You can watch this podcast on YouTube right now, and please give us five stars. We'll love you forever, and you'll qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card. All right, this week we received the following from Nancy Jones. 
at 143 Nancy on Twitter, Adam. And she asks, would you ever consider working in some capacity with the Orioles, adding she loves you? Well, Ms. Nancy, I love you, too, and I appreciate that. Um, my whole time there was an audition, okay? Uh, I did everything. I kissed baby, shook hands, smiled. Um, but it, it, everything it has to be mutual. Obviously, I got young kids who I want to see as much as possible. I want to see them grow up in every capacity. I don't want to miss anything uh, because um, I got the time and I got the freedom and I have the luxury, knock on wood, thank God. But of course I would. Um, I think there's so many valuable assets I have that I can help the organization. Um, I'm not an ego-driven person to where I would come in there and say, hey, I need you, these guys to do this. and do. I'm not stepping on nobody's toes. I'm, I'd be there just like I am to a lot of other guys that are in the minors uh, throughout baseball, just a big brother, a shoulder to lean on uh, some, if you got a questions, advice, I'm done playing my career. I learned this from T-Bone and Wayne Kirby. He's like, Hey, I'm done. Like I had my chance. This is your chance. Don't uh, have your chance and enjoy it. And I can pass that on to other guys instead of, you know, just always people who say, well, Mac and my day. Nah, it, it, I've learned you have to be progressive in the sport and, you know, just be a big game, be a big brother to to these guys and to other people, to marketing, to public relations. I believe I have a lot of uh, um, experience in all them in those areas as I've done a lot of TV and you know off the field stuff. So I think I can offer a lot of a lot of balance and a lot of uh, cachet because I've been there and done it in a lot of in a ways. And I still can learn. There's a lot of things that I still need to know on the other side of it. When you wear khakis and a polo, it's a different side of the business. And, you know, it, it's cool being out of the game and learning it now over the last couple of years. So um, I'm open to it. It's just a matter of uh, the other side is. And if it's it works, a wonderful, it really is a wonderful opportunity. But the caveat is as long as it doesn't impact this podcast. 100 percent. Hey, may, maybe they add the podcast. They think this should be on Madison anyway. I mean, we should we should be, you know, in studio. Well, that means that I got to be in Baltimore. Uh, Jerry, buy me, Jerry, buy me a house. Uh, but no, it's just it's just the relationship fits my personality fits Baltimore I'm not like I'm into social media I'm into interactions like those are all pluses it's, if I was a standoffish guy and then you tried to put me in those situations then that just when you get the tension um you know me I I welcome the fun I welcome the challenge of helping out some kid go go to the minor leagues go take this young kid out for dinner he's the first round pick but that boy he's had a horrible month those kind of things that you just can't say you just can't text them like hey man Keep your head up. No, you need to go sit in there. Hey, you stumped this month. Hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? It happens. But look at you know how to get out of this funk. You know what I mean? You know how to get out of these kind of things. I've been in the same funk in these small, terrible cities. You just came from this great university, these nice high schools. Those things, those experiences, no matter what you can, whatever implementation of this game has had of when the saber metric all this, that part can never be translated. None wow. of them nerds, none of them geeks, none of them uh, you call it what you want. I respect that side of the game, but when it comes to the 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 between the lines, the mental part, it can never be calculated. And that's the biggest problem we have with the analytics is they're saying this is this and this is how it is. It's a lot of things that go into it. And how the mental is carried that day is one of the biggest, uh biggest things and challenges that players have and athletes have. That's why you got all these damn mental coaches. Why do you have mental coaches now? You didn't have them back in the day because now you got everybody looking at their stats. Oh, I'm at low. I'm, this is low. I need to go talk to somebody. 
Nah, back in the day, you was low. Somebody tell you, yeah, it's low. You stink. Clean it up. Let's fix Here's it. some Kleenex. You know what I mean? Wipe your tears, bro. Fix it, because I don't feel sorry for you because I got to eat. Now, everybody, oh, man, he's struggling. Just go rub his back. Rub your back. Smack you in the back of the head, tell you, let's go. I need you. It's the major leagues. It's not the minors. It's not high school. All right. Well, folks, thanks to our sponsors, including the newest Effective Solutions. Please go out and support them all. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. You know, it takes a lot of hard work to be a professional football kicker. I would know. I am a professional football kicker. So when I need the energy to get through a tough practice, I get a cup of coffee from Royal Farms. Royal Farms' new coffee machines grind fresh beans and brew them for a perfect cup every time. It's the freshest coffee in the world and just the kick I need. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Much appreciation to our senior executive producer. His name is Chip Franklin. He's a great golfer. Just go out and ask him. And make sure you uh, put aside at least four hours. I'll tell you all about it. Subscribe to the Baltimore Banner. Be real, be kind, and make sure to be back next week for another edition of what we call the Adam Jones Podcast. 